When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The After Show with Mackenzie Stewart and Amy Shannon. We have over 15 years of literary experience between us. Our mission is to educate and assist authors of all writing levels. Today, we're going to have a fantastic conversation about uh, writing, as we always do. I do want to share, Amy is out today. She isn't feeling well, so uh, we definitely wish Amy well. I'm sure she's listening to the show, and she will definitely give me some feedback on the show. But Amy, I hope you are uh, feeling better soon. You know, one of the things that I do want to share with our audience today, um, we are um, we we just finished uh, NanoRamo, uh, the National Writing uh, Month, you know, challenge, getting us all geared up to be able to uh, start a project and to also finish a project. And you know, some of us um, may have started and we did finish. Uh, we completed what we what we set out to do, uh, whether it was a short story, whether it was a longer full length uh, novel, doesn't matter. Please congratulate congratulate yourself. Uh, that is um, a very um, aggressive goal uh, to get the number of right the number of words in you know each day to really be dedicated and spend time on your writing. So I want you to celebrate, uh, you know, your great accomplishment. Take pictures of your certificate, right, because that's something that you can definitely uh, always look at when things don't go as fast, right, when writing doesn't come to you um, as it did at that particular period uh, of time. I've seen on social media, people are sharing the experience. Uh, some, there was one particular uh, person, she and her son, um, you know, did the challenge together. And that was something to be very proud of. It really is something to be proud of. Now, some may have started and wasn't able to complete their project. Don't worry. There's still time. Even though that particular month is dedicated to getting uh, writing complete, but also it's just really getting people to start writing. I know that oftentimes I use uh, that particular month to really set a pace for me, um, definitely helps me to be disciplined to write during a certain time, and also to get my the my number of words in every single every single day. So take that same energy that you started uh, the writing challenge with and start again. This is a new month. Uh, you can actually start again 
and get your juices going. Maybe this is your first time um, with uh, NaNoWriMo and you're not, you, you weren't sure how everything was going to play out. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Start again. Pick up where you lost off um, because I think that each day you are going to um, get closer to completing your work. It's going to be important for you to stay on track and on topic um, because there's lots of things that can definitely get in the way. One of the things that I first did when I started writing is I set aside 15 minutes a day. Um, and you can get a lot of things done in 15 minutes. Um, yes, you can get a lot of things done. You can do a lot of writing in 15 minutes. You can uh, outline. Um, you can uh, give yourself some writing prompts to help you when you do sit down for a longer period of time or when you sit down, when you sit down for your next 15 minutes. But I do think that having some dedicated time that you're able to write, um, and, and when I say write, sometimes your dedicated time may be your thinking. It may be your thinking about your character. It may be your thinking about plot. It may be you're just really thinking about your work in general. And I think that's going to be important, right? So set aside that time uh, in the day. Uh, I am a to-do person. <laughs> I, I love a to-do list. I will write things down because I love to check things off or strike through it. Um, once I've completed that particular task. And that is something that's right up my alley, uh, using uh, a to-do list. So perhaps that's something that you can do. Um, maybe maybe in the evening, um, you know, once everything is a little quiet at home, um, you know, the, the kids are asleep, you are finished basically with the day of those things that are pulling you in multiple directions, meaning um, you know, housework, cooking, cleaning, um, perhaps your job, um, or you're looking for a job, you know, those kind of things. If you just, um, you know, as you're trying to wind down, wind down, perhaps it's a good opportunity for you to start writing. Maybe you're just journaling. Um, that's very relaxing to me. I do like to, I do like to journal. Um, because that really helps me in understanding how to um, how to structure my my writing once I'm ready to uh, start with my with my story. So I think that's going to be important. Setting aside time to help you write is going to be important. That is definitely um, very important. Um, like I said, I took 15 minutes a day. Um, to do it, and then that 15 minutes turned to 30 minutes, and then once my writing, once my writing time uh, went up to 30 minutes, I started to then rearrange things so that I could write because it was that important for me to do it, and I kind of think about it on the same lines of my starting to work out again. Um, one time I said, oh, I don't have any time, I can't do it, um, but when I set a schedule, I moved some things around, and I I started to fit in my exercise routine, 
nothing gets in the way of me exercising because I have that time set aside and it's important to me to do it, right? We definitely do focus on those things that are important to us, right? And so writing is important to you, uh, so you definitely want to be able to uh, set aside some time uh, to do that. So that would definitely be my challenge for you um, so that you can see your work um, in print, um, hopefully in 2023, um, as part of your goals that you're setting uh, for yourself in uh, in the new year. I also want to, you know, talk and discuss a little bit about, um, you know, you're finished writing for, you know, NaNoWriMo, so you finish things up, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are finished and the your work is ready to be published. There, There's going to be some more work, some more heavy lifting that needs to be done prior to that process, meaning that um, in that in that month, you probably were able to just get your story, you know, out of your head onto, um, you know, your computer or if you're writing things down by hand, however you're doing that, you're getting your story out of your head. You're putting it on paper. Now it's time for you to read through it again. Yes, you have to read through it again. And make sure that you've tied up any type of loose ends uh, in your story. And what I mean by that is when you're writing, there's basically writers, we fall in two different categories. We're either an outliner, right? So someone who will take an outline um, and really outline the entire story from the beginning and the end. So that person who is an outliner will know um, when I start writing, this is the next thing that I'm going to write, and then I'm going to write this, and then. And so you know step by step what you are going to um, work on. Um, I would imagine doing that particular process, you definitely have to know what type of story you want to tell and how you want to tell it. And I said, you probably, I'm not an outliner. Not saying that that's the best thing out there, not being an outliner. You have to go with what works best for you. And with me, um, I said there's two different types of writers. There's the outliner and then there's the prancer. And I'm the prancer, right? I'm the one that gets on their computer or starts journaling and I'm really writing out my story. I I know that I want to, let's just take my, my Emily Graham um, series. I, I have readers who do, um, and I say it in a very loving way, they do put pressure on me to go ahead and get that next Emily Graham novel out. And so um, I always have something written um, because, you know, my time I've been, you know, kind of jotting down some things to just talk about. But when I'm writing as a prancer, you are just writing the story as it comes to you. There's not a very um, 
there's not, you know, an outline very specifically what you're going to do next. So you, that gives you a little bit more freedom um, in my mind. It works for me because it gives me, it gives me a little bit more freedom. I feel that if I'm restricted when I am writing, um, if I set out an outline, then my story is only going to go in that particular direction. Now, what I what I mean by that is sometimes, you know, when I'm writing as a prancer, I'm right I'm going down one particular road in, you know, the journaling that I'm doing about my story. And then it's like, you know, that doesn't work. Something doesn't feel good about that. So then I, you know, strike through it and then I come up with another thought about how that scene or how um, you know, this particular, um, you know, scenario should work out. And so I'm changing all the time. <laughs> and again, I'm not saying that's the best thing. But to me, I'm changing all the time in my thought, making my story better. I feel as though if I was an outliner, then being an outliner, I feel like my story has to be confined into that particular, you know, outline. Now, the great thing about an outliner, that particular individual has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and they are sticking to it, and they're writing their story, and they probably will be finished with their story far, um, far <laughs> before I would be um, finished with my story. So, um, you know, outlining definitely has positive uh, advantages to it uh, versus someone like me who's kind of, you know, kind of, you know, making it up as I go along, right? So, um, and now also with being a prancer, the other part about that is um, I mentioned, you know, I am creating my story, I'm crafting my story, I'm changing my story. Um, I, I oftentimes um, get to a point where I do have a little structure um, to how I am going to develop next. Um, and let me tell you about that. <clears throat> As a prancer, I don't start my book from the beginning to the end. We're going to talk about editing in a minute, and that's an editor's worst nightmare. But anyway... Um, if I don't close in the gaps. So I, I will tell part of the story. I'll tell this particular part of the story. I'll tell this particular part of the story. And as I get the entire story out, I start to close everything in, right? I start, I start to uh, this particular, um, this particular storyline, um, you know, I am talking about, uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon, um, when, you know, he is doing something. So I might just sketch it out, you know, very loosely on paper. You know, he did this, he did this, you know, this is where he went. This is the trouble he got into. Um, because, you know, as you know, my stories, he always gets into trouble. And, but I don't like make all the pieces come together. So now that I've kind of pranced my way through, now I may still not have an ending, 
but I have these pieces. And then I go back and kind of fill things in uh, with more of an outline to get me through. As I am filling things in, my my um, ending comes to me. So it's, you know, a wonder if I ever, you know, write anything ever again because it's so scattered. But it works for me. <laughs> it works for me. Um, and I think my, my stories are colorful. Um, and I like it that way that I don't do the ending. Um, at one point when I first started writing Shattered, um, I was I started running. I was a runner. And one of the things that really helped me to be very clear and to stay focused on my story was to run. And if anyone is a runner out there listening, in order for you to run, you have to have, your head has to be clear, right? You're focused on you're focused on your breathing. You're focused on your you know that your technique, which is running, right? And um, you're just you're you're relaxed, right? You're relaxed, and that's the thing that I really liked. I was relaxed, and I was able to really have a clear head. So after I finished my run, I was um, you know, uh, getting showering, getting dressed, and and then my stories came to me, and I would have to immediately write write it down. So running is a good um, exercise to help clear your mind. Uh, if you meditate, that may help too. After you are finished your session, your session, and your mind is clear, then you can be focused. Um, I think that. For me, that part really helped being focused, and I could focus on my story. So I don't outline from the beginning, um, but at some particular point, I do have a structure that really works for me to tie everything uh, in together. And like I mentioned, I never have an ending until I start writing my story, um, and I know what my story is going to be about. Um, like, for instance, so if you all have read the first Emily Graham uh, series, um, Shattered, um, th- there's always in the background um, Kendall wanting Brandon to be president. It's always that in the background. It, it definitely is Kendall wanting it, wanting it more than him. Um, and you see the desperation as you look at deception. You see the desperation uh, as it started coming out because everybody, um, you know, that title came to me after I wrote the book because everybody was deceiving everybody in their motives. Uh, everybody had an ulterior motive, and that just came out uh, in the book and in the story. Now, this particular book, I really, the the one I'm working on now, um, we heard a lot about Ian, Um, you know, so he has several different, he has several different names, Mason James, uh, he he got that name from um, when he was um, at a foster, at a foster um, home. he was born in um, his parents um, gave him up for adoption. He was into the foster care system, 
and uh, one of his um, foster care um, uh, foster mothers um, had a boyfriend, and so he immolated him and called him uh, Mason James. Um, that book was going to be called um, Mason James, but that um, the, the title changed. If Amy was here, she would laugh because I go through so many titles. Um, so then he was also Stanley. Uh, once he found his adoptive home, um, once he once he found his his home, his forever home, he um, his his father wanted to name him Stanley, and that just was a debacle, a situation altogether. But anyway, so I really gave a lot of energy to um, Ian and uh, Stanley, which is the same person, right? Um, so. He's going to take, and I wanted the reader to go on the adventure with him because he's gone through some things that was very uh, horrific. Uh, he is living in the financial center, and he's done something horrible. And so I'm taking the reader on a journey of what he does after he leaves the financial center. Um, that was always the premise of that story. I always knew I wanted to do that. The book was going to be uh, just about him, but I, but I, I often get feedback um, about some of the characters that I really in, and and so I decided to make the first part of the book about. Um, Ian uh, journey um, to find himself, and then I am wrapping up some of the things that happened in Deception, and then we're moving forward um, with some new um, content. Um, I also wanted to make sure that um, you know, if you're writing in my books, my books have really um, it's had social they make social conversations. And one of the um, one of the conversations that I really want to focus on in this particular book is um, human trafficking, and and so that's what this book is um, good. That that's what this book is really going to be about. Um, I did want to tell Ian's story because I think my my reader, um, I needed him to go out and venture out on his own, and I needed him to come back and be um, the perfect son for Kindle. Uh, but yeah, so that, those are my stories. So I do have in my mind what I want to talk about and, um, you know, these particular topics. I write because I like for people to have a, um, a conversation, for them to have a conversation about, you know, um, people are acting, people are behaving, um, how that ties to a larger social question. Um, and talking is one of those. And it's really also to make people aware this is something that happens in this country. You, it, It's something that um, we may experience it or see someone being trafficked or hear about someone being trafficked. Um, and we definitely have to say something. You see something, say something, uh, you know, one of those situations because um, 
you know, it happens, it doesn't matter um, how young um, or old, female, male, it, it doesn't matter. People are being human trafficked. Um, and that's something that is very tragic um, that's happening going on. So even though I'm praying, I do have a theme in mind when I do my writing. Um, I do know that there is, um, just because of how I write, I'm not a train writer. Um, when I'm a train writer, I didn't go to school to major literature or, or, or English or any of those types of things. So um, I'm, I'm, my writing, I have a business background. My writing is about um, conversation, social conversation, about being able to um, really see the differences in others and to be able to have that conversation um, um, about uh, you know, all the differences that are happening and going on. Uh, deception is about uh, deception has some uh, abuse uh, that happens, some domestic violence, and I really cover the story of of um, one of the characters in the book is, and, and it's, it's kind of a role reverse. Typically, we hear of the adult who is abusing the child. In this case, it is the child that's abusing the adult. And those do not get the attention that they deserve um, because the adult is the first. The adult is embarrassed that their um, child, you know, has this particular hold um, on them and they're embarrassed to really talk about it. And so, so again, I, I talk about things that I, I just want people to be aware of and also we hear that hear about something like that impacting somebody, for us not to be so, be, get to a place where it's normalized. Like, oh, no, that would never happen. Like, no, like a child would never abuse your parent. Well, it does happen, right? And we don't want to discount or make someone feel um, little or make them feel like share. Um, and also, when I say share, also it's, you know, whenever you're around your friend's family, you're wearing long sleeves, you're wearing, you know, it may be off-season, meaning that it's in the summer, you have, you know, something very long on just trying to cover abuse that's actually happening. And so that's, that's a large conversation. So I structure, it's not a structure, um, my book it's just a story that I would have a conversation about. So I always knew I'm passionate about trafficking. And it's something that I want to continue um, a large conversation about because I think it's important for people to really know and to um, to talk about. That That's it, to, to be made aware. Um, again, you know, writers, we fall in two categories. We're either outliners or we're prancers. And um, again, my uh, method 
I am not saying that that is the best method, but <laughs> that is, uh, I'm not, you know, saying that that's the best method at all, but, um, but it is you know, something that um, I do share. Um, so in just saying that, you have to write your story however you write your story. That is the best way. So however you're writing your story, however you're telling the story, that's how it should be done. There's not a right or wrong way to really um, tell that particular story. So, yeah, there's not a right or wrong way um, at all. And so I think that it is something that you should um, tell the way that you want to act. Um, now, one of the things that I mentioned was once we finished with uh, Anorama, right? So either we completed our novel or, yeah, short story, or we are still in the process of writing. So no matter where we are in this particular process, next step is to edit, right? So, you know, with me, my next step, so once I get all of the, once I get everything down on paper, now it's time for me to read through. And nine times out of ten for me, I'm filling things in. Um, I, and I'm not saying that this is the way anybody should do this because, you know, sometimes I spend too much time doing this. Everyone, every, so if you're, if you're writing in my, um, my book, Every has a name. Um, I give them a name and I give them a personality. You ask me why, I have no idea. When I start writing something, um, you know, for instance, um, a scene in Deception where Jennifer, uh, she worked at the Ritz-Carlton at the desk, and, um, you know, Derek, the private investigator, would slip her some cash uh, so he can get a key card to uh, a room. And, you know, Jennifer's story was that, you know, Jennifer, you know, always, it, once it was revealed, because in the beginning it wasn't revealed, like, what this thing was happening that was going on, but it was revealed that, you know, Jennifer and Derek did this often. Uh, Jennifer, Derek, you know, um, for his boss, he needed key cards made, and um, and so Jennifer was definitely down for it because it helped her with her shoe uh, fetish. Um, she really enjoyed shoes, and so she would always, you know, get enough money so she can splurge on some non-West shoes. And so I could have made her a you know purse desk, and it. Um, but it just added a little flair um, to that particular exchange um, that I liked. Um, it killed me after I wrote it, um, and then have and, and then I send people down this road, and then it's like, oh, she's in it too. Um, so everybody is important. Um, I don't know. I spend a lot of time on others. Um, that's that's the story. And one of the things that happens to me that I spent time, these are characters that I I can easily move 
one book to the next um, because I've already I've already established them as um, I'll I'll just say a reliable character. You, reliable character in my mind is one that um, the reader is invested in, right? So you bought into whatever I'm trying to tell you about this person. Uh, you bought into it, so that character is reliable. And um, and I can easily move that person from book to book. They can kind of enter, you know, they, they can actually start another series. Um, and so I, I, I oftentimes do that. So as I'm reading through, I'm making sure that I have the detail that I need to really get people invested. I spend a lot of time on detail. Um, yes, the characters, they have names. Um, also, what they're doing. Uh, I do a lot of um, um, feeling instead of telling. And so, basically, what that is, you know, I make you feel what the person is actually through. You can either agree with agree with what we're talking about, but sometimes it's so intertwined in the feeling part of it, you're, you're, you're kind of sucked in, right? So just to give you an example, um, um, it's never okay to have the dead bodies in the backyard. <laughs> it's never okay. It's never okay. But I get sucked into the reason that they're there. And the reason that they're there is, um, I'm not going to, you know, spill it here on air. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I can see why. And so I got you hooked. You're in this so now, not only is the situation reliable, the, the characters are reliable. You know, you like them. Um, you know, Amy was here today and would tell you she loves Kendall. Like, she just loves Kendall. Kendall is mean. She is mean as a snake. Um, you, if you do not do what she wants you to do, then you better watch out. You, you need to have your head on a swivel. And you should be looking over your back every single day of your life. But when you're Kindle friend, you will never have have a truer friend than Kindle. She is a true friend, and you buy into it when you when you start when you start seeing the things that she's doing. It's like, yeah, she's really um, ride or die. Right? She, she's she's your partner. Um, and you really like her. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I spend a lot of time with characters. Um, I, I, I spend a lot of time because I want you to believe what they say. Um, you know, believing what they say, for instance, a lot of told us that a gang member not run out of um, you know, Doris's house, her friend's house, she was not a gang member. And the reason you know that is Dora, uh, Eliza has a chair in front of this pitch window. It, she, her view is not obstructed at all. She can see 
comes and goes. She knows everybody on the block. And she's the older person. And I could have gone the opposite, right? I could have made uh, Eliza, you know, senile. Um, maybe she saw somebody. But was I made it my business to make her credible. Because I wanted her to fall into a stereotype of, you know, an older person. They're a little senile. They don't know what's happening. They tried to send that on her. But she them wrong and she and I needed her to be really strong so I spent a lot of time in making my characters who I need them to be to make the story work because you know this particular story it works because you have a detective that is trying to cover cover up a crime um, you have another instigator who is trying to help cover up a crime, and then you have a a woman who knows her stuff. She's feisty. Um, I show how feisty she is when someone tries to break into her house, which can witness. Um, you know, she she dispelled the um, the statement of somebody who claimed. You know, that a gang member was running out the house, and she said, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. So she, she had a, uh, so she has a buddy. So, some, so somebody's trying to break in her house. Here's the lag against the, she has a thud that goes against the side of the, side of the house. You know, she, she, you know, she has a buddy. They go to the um, window, and buddy is a shotgun. And so and the person they're in that um, they used a shotgun a time or two and knew the sign back down that ladder and skirt across that yard and got back in and so so my characters character development um, I think is important it's important to the story so when I go back um, in this editing process you can understand who these people are, um, uh, the value that they bring to telling their side of the story. Um, I have another example of, um, I've never, I don't smoke, I've ever smoked, um, but I have a character who, um, she's, telling, she's telling a story, and she's telling the story by using that cigarette in her hand, and people just love her. Like people, people love her. And I'm really trying to figure out a way to bring her back into this, um, into this story. But I don't know how I can do that. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure how I'm going to bring Eliza back. My older person who is sharp, who knows what she knows. She saw what she saw, and she's a magician. Uh, I wasn't going to bring her back, but uh, as I'm writing my story, I didn't know how she would fit in. As I'm writing my story, um, you know, she's definitely somebody who um, people do love. Um, I, I really do love uh, Eliza myself. Um, yeah, I'm falling, I fall in love with my character. And um, she's definitely one who, she's definitely one who, um, um, I felt like I took really good care of um, in my story. So I go back and make my characters come to life. I go back and I fill in. I make sure my story makes sense. 
because again, and, and again, when I write, I don't necessarily write in order. Now, I mentioned a little earlier about an editor. That can be an editor's worst nightmare. And so when you're putting your stories, because if you're writing out of order, you have to put the story together. And you have to put the story together where your pacing works and it leads to the end. Right? So you definitely um, have to make sure that you are following the curve, right? There's a curve. So we start at the bottom. We're telling something. We're getting people, uh, something happened, right? So we're getting people interested in whatever is happening. And then we're, we're, we're going to um, follow through that story. And then there's going to be some sort of conflict going to happen. So imagine we're starting at the bottom and now we are um, slightly starting to elevate. A conflict happens, then we get to the very top, that thing is going to explode. And then we're going to start com coming down again, really trying to work back. Something else happens. It's going to take us, and it, and it could be you know, a couple, something else. <laughs> it could be more if that actually happened. But and then you and then you're going to resolve those, and then it's going to take you to the end of the story. So you want to make sure that you are plotting, um, you know, plotting everything that should happen in the right order that things should actually happen in, because that's going to be important. That's going to be important as well. Um, that's going to save you a lot of time with your editor. And so um, a lot, a lot of of this choosing editor just really depends on editing you need, um, you know, it's mechanical and grammatical, uh, you know, you can do that yourself, right? You can, um, you know, this is one of those. However, you do need somebody else to read your story um, because your story makes sense to you. Somebody else may read it and go, what do you have to say here? Like, what does this mean? I think you missed a whole something here. So you do need feedback, right? So you do need feedback for your actual story. And so you do need somebody else to read it for you. Um, you do need to, you know, make sure. Um, and when we say you need somebody to read it, I'm not talking about your, you know, you know your best friend, which your best friend, I'm sure, is great. Um, I'm talking about someone who, who is, is not going to give us a pass. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's, no, we want somebody that, uh, you know, really, um, and all, you also have to have you know, a little bit of in there, right? Because this is a baby. Somebody is actually giving us feedback on it. And sometimes we need to flip out, right? We knew the story was great. And then now you're saying it's not. Oh, my goodness. So we can actually flip out. So we're going to have to grow some, some thick skin to, um, and to embrace, right, the feedback. Because we want somebody to tell us if something doesn't work. Um, and it has to be someone. Um, uh, so it, it, when I say someone, it can be, um, and I highly encourage you all uh, to do this. Um, I am going to start. Uh, my writing workshop or writing a group 
um, I'm going to launch that next year. I think that writing space is important. Um, it's a space. You have to have someone other than your family to read, right? Um, someone who's going to give you some real feedback. Um, and then also, you want you do want you do want someone to a little bit more of a detailed editing. So yes, I can definitely use you know a writer's group, um, trusted people. We're bond and we're going to be able to read each other's work and give each other feedback. That too, but also um, I I need me personally. I need more of a content editor. And what I mean by that is um, sometimes my story is not in the right order. I need somebody to look over after I put it together and make sure that my order makes sense, um, to make sure it flows well. Um, and so um, I need an editor to call me out on that. Like, hey, think about this. So should this happen first or should this happen? Um, and, and also I'm always – thinking about my reader, and I always try to make my, my chapter short because I know that's how, you know, if a chapter, if a chapter is short, then I'm going to read that, and then like, okay, you know what, I'm going to read more. I'm going to read more. And sometimes I fall into that trap and I end up, you know, doing short chapters, and the chapters need to be a little longer. So I'm piecing together another um, part of the book into that particular chapter. Uh, so that's something I know that I do, and uh, definitely I'm more mindful of this. Um, you know, if I haven't said it today, I definitely want to tell everybody I did the process. And no matter how many books you've written, uh, we all need that. We all need an editor. And we are, we should all be growing whenever we are writing. Uh, if we're not growing, then something is amiss uh, there. We definitely need to grow, right? Um, because when you grow, then you are honing in on your skills and you're making the best possible piece of work that you actually make. And that's going to be very important um, as we think about that, right? So that's definitely, um, that's definitely important. Uh, so... So my my thought here is about editing is there are multiple types of editors and so that was my point in you know bringing up content editors right um, and there's going to be a difference in pricing when you get different types of editors so do your homework and I do think that I do think that. Um, you know, that getting an editor, paying for an editor is a good investment, a credible editor. That's a good investment. Um, no one's, I, I know, and I've, I've, you know, I read James Patterson, and so, you know, I've seen a couple, you know, I and things in his, his books too. Um, my, my point in saying this is, you know, there may be, Something here, something there. That's that's that happened. But I'm talking about every other word, um, and then it becomes to that person like myself. Oh, now I'm going to get the highlighter, and now I'm going to start highlighting all of the things that's wrong. Right? That's what we don't want. Right? So because action 
And I don't care how much we are charging for the book if we're charging 99 cents. 99 cents is hard-earned money that people are putting into our work, and we deserve to give them a finished product. So know that we are coming off of NaNoWriMo. Uh, regardless, um, you know, um, take time to make sure that we are publishing something that's worthy and to not get up in the trap of um, you know, how people feel about indie authors. And so I, I'm not sure if you've heard it before, but I have, um, I've heard it um, in how people have reacted to me in my publishing, um, my, my, my work. Um, so we definitely talk about publishing a little later. Um, but, yeah, I do want to make sure that you are doing your homework. You are looking at the different types of editors and seeing which type of editor works best for you. So that is definitely going to be um, something for you to, um, you know, note and see what's going to be best for you and shop around and so that an editor who is really working their stuff, they will give you a sample of what they will do. They may do a pages, maybe I don't know, maybe two or three pages of something that they actually do. Um, so that's something that, um, that's kind of test standard. Um, if you want to make sure that, you know, they're, they are doing, um, a really good job for you also. And that's why it's important also for these writing groups to happen because it, because, you know, it, if somebody knows somebody, then it's easy to shop their name and to make recommendations within the group. Um, because you, now you have someone who um, is giving a word of mouth recommendation and word, as we know, word of mouth recommendations are really uh, important. Now, we're, so on the editing part, we're getting people to review. We're talking about these workshops, um, you know, writing workshops where people are are reading um, or reading workshops. That there are groups out there that's called beta readers, and beta readers are people who um, that's all they do. They like to read, so. They they love to read, so they sign up to be a beta reader. And in essence, what that is, you know, they will read your story and provide you feedback. Um, I've never used one um, just because I don't really at, – at that point of my writing, my writing isn't copyrighted. And so I don't feel comfortable giving – my work to someone who I don't know to read. Um, that's, just, that's just my little thing um, for me. Um, but there are people out there who are readers who will read your work, give you feedback. And again, <clears throat> their reward is they they love to read. And so you're giving them something to read and they're not having to pay for it. Um, you know, I, I, I um, Amy has, uh, you know, she was on day, she would share her horror story that happened with her, that someone published her, her work and um, on another site. But um, that's going to be up to you. 
But again, I think that these writing groups um, will definitely help when we are trying to figure that out, right? Because then you have a group, they're really work, and um, again, trust them. So the beta readers, then you have the, um, you know, picking and choosing which type of editor that you need. You need to do your homework so you'll know. Again, as I mentioned, there's different price points for all that you want done. Um, and so, and, and then, you know, if you, you know, the whole editing thing or the whole writing thing, um, if you want someone to help you write, then, you know, there's, you know, ghostwriting services that are available. And you can definitely look into that if you're trying to tell your story. But even with that, you still have to write something for the person to get a feel for uh, your writing, um, your writing style, because you know you don't want they don't want to turn the book into their book, right? It's going to be your book because you're going to you're paying for it. And so it, it really it just really depends. Um, ghost writing happens all the time. Uh, that is a full time business for some people. Um, and so, you know, that's what they do. Um, somebody wants to publish a book, you know, they, they want to give them the content and the person that form. Uh, is that, is that a right or wrong response? Well, it is up to the person who's actually doing the writing. Um, you definitely make sure that you, if you're on the end of that, uh, if you are a writer who wants someone to, to, um, Ghostwriter for you, you definitely want to read what they've written um, to make sure it's in the same genre that you're writing in. You want to make sure all those lines are through. Um, and if you, you know, um, if you think that works well, you definitely want to pay the person installment payments. Um, you know, they do something, they get paid. They do something else, they get paid. You know, one of the types of things. And people who are up front and who are doing this as a career, they are, um, you know, they're doing it as a career. They're going to do things the right way. So, again, you have to do your research, you have to look around. Again, if you're part of a right circle, then people people, and they can definitely recommend others. Um, again, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. Um I think you should go for it if that's what you want. Um, sometimes we may not have the time. And so uh, paying someone to uh, complete our story or complete the story, um, but you have to give them something. Still are doing some of the work, uh, some of the head lifting as well. So it's really important um, uh, with that particular process. So um, we talked about editors. Um, you know, you definitely want to, once you, you know, and even before, even before my my work goes to an editor, I have looked at it and reviewed it about five or six times. It's not me getting it all on paper and then sending it to an editor. Um, an editor would just uh, scream if they looked at something that I wrote um, because it would be all in the margins, it would just be all over the place. So um, I will I will make sure it's clean um, before I. Um, I won't even let any read it if I think it's not good. Um, and Amy will catch an error when I'm reading her work. She's like, "Do not, 
Do not go beyond page whatever because I have to say something. Do not. And I'm, so I'm laughing to myself because that's only me, right? Because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to give anything that I think um, to work on. So, um, so, yeah, so you definitely want to review your work several times. You want to do some editing yourself, figure out what that is a good um, investment in yourself as an editor. Then the next thing that you're having to think about uh, once you're actually finished with your writing is how are you going to try to publish? How are you going to try to publish? Are you going to try to uh, publish? Uh, you should definitely know the pros and cons on that. Or are you going to try to get one of the big publishing companies to publish the book? Or you want to do a hybrid? There's so many different to actually do it. Um, but that is going to be completely up to you. We um, we have shows dedicated to the publishing uh, itself. Uh, there are some negative connotations to self-publishing, and I really wish that through conversation, through discussion, we can get past that uh, because you know, you know, Amazon, you know, has given us a um, um, a platform where we can have more control over our work. Um, but also, you know, same token, you know, um, getting getting to a larger publishing company is very hard and difficult. Um, but I'm not saying that you shouldn't try. You should try, try, try again. Um, hybrid may work for some people. So you're definitely going to have to do your homework there. But, um, you know, this particular, uh, you know, podcast was really all about we are uh, the internet around. We are looking at our work. We need to celebrate ourselves. And then we know that if we completed it, completed it through the around, there's still more work to do. We know that if we did not complete, um, you know, it's still more work to do, right? So um, the writing doesn't end. And um, one of the things that I want encourage you to do is keep writing. Keep writing 15 minutes at a time. I want to thank you so much for listening today. You can find more information about the after show on our website called um, you know on our website called the after show. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Mackenzie Stewart. Uh, anything you need to know about us is on our website. We the after show that would set site dot com slash home. Join us again next week. Have a nice night. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.